the, the giants of life, as we called it, fear, worry, uh, disappointment, uh, anger, uh, bitterness, and um, loneliness. And uh, we've covered quite a, a few grounds uh, in regards to uh, these things that challenges us as God's people. But tonight, um, I thought we'd um, uh, have a break in the sense that uh, I've been musing about promises. Promises. Uh, are they meant to be broken? Obviously, the answer is not. And uh, somebody said, don't make a promise that you cannot keep. And good advice. How many times have we fallen guilty of breaking a promise? Uh, I suppose in in some regard, uh, it's also a form of a a giant in our life uh, that uh, we don't keep our promises. And look, life is complex as it is. Uh, We don't purposely break promises. And sometimes uh, we, are, we are put in a situation that we can't keep that promise, and we understand all of that. I suppose we can take comfort in the fact that uh, we're not alone in breaking promises. I'm still waiting for the 275 price reduction on the, on the power bill. Uh, that there'll be no interest rate hike until 2024, as promised, but uh, we know that hasn't happened and that there'll be no changes to our superannuation. And, and yet uh, some laws and legislations have been enacted on that, that the Uluru Statement of the Heart is just one page, and as it turned out, it's about some 25, 26 pages. So promises uh, being said in public, and it's fact-checked. Um, I read one an article says that... Uh, uh, at the time, from the election to where it is now, there's at least 12-plus promises already uh, that has been broken. And I could get, go on on and on with this, but I won't. But like you, most of us have read Hebrews 11, and that's where we will be tonight. Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, we've heard many preaching, we've heard many teaching uh, about this very chapter. Uh, But in the light of many broken promises around us, beloved, I had a a renewed appreciation of this chapter. And uh, I I want to encourage us tonight about our God that never breaks his promise. Oh, we live in a society that the promises are broken right, left, and center. But our God, he never breaks a promise. But first, I don't know about you, there is a part of me sometimes, after reading yet again Hebrews 11, a part of me uh, about these men and about these women mentioned in this chapter, that uh, that feeling of inferiority, uh, that feeling of not being able to measure up uh, with uh, these ones that have been mentioned uh, in this chapter. And the chapter opened with a description of faith, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For for by it, the elders obtained a good report. And then in verse 6, it says there that without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then from here on, we'll find uh, the, the, the listing, the enumeration of, uh, of people uh, that has uh, lived through faith, and uh, by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham. Uh, notice here in, in, in verse uh, 13, uh, <clears throat> then all died in faith, not having received the promises. Hmm. But having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed them that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Then come down with me to verse 20. By faith, again, Isaac uh, in 21. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph uh, in verse 22. And then by faith, Moses and 31. By faith, Rahab. Now, verse 32 to 34 is a wonderful little passage there. And what shall I say, uh, what shall I more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness, were made strong, waxed valiant in faith, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Then verse 39, And these, all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Mm. What does that mean? First, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you once again for the opportunity and indeed the privilege uh, to preach your word. Uh, and again, Lord, as we muse about, as we meditate and soak upon uh, promises, uh, Lord, we are in so, so many ways uh, get disappointed on the many broken promises uh, uh, around us. But we take comfort in the, and confidence in the fact that you are our God that never breaks a promise. But here we find ourselves in, in, in chapter 11, a very famous uh, and popular and familiar uh, chapter where we read of uh, men and women uh, who have lived their life in faith and what an example they are to us. And so tonight, as we consider uh, some of these, uh, I pray once more that you would uh, meet with us. And Lord, you did promise that if there are two or three gathered in your name, they, you will be in the midst of them. So already we are um, experiencing uh, promise fulfilled by just us gathering here tonight. Father, teach us your ways. And uh, I pray, Lord, that uh, we would once again uh, be encouraged on the God that never breaks a promise. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, let's go back to verse 11 of Hebrews uh, 11. And here we read, 
through faith. Also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And this is the thought that I want to bring with you tonight, and I purposely skipped it to make a point. Him that is faithful who hath promised. I want us to consider three thoughts tonight, just the three out of the, <laughs> the very rich chapter here. Uh, and uh, these uh, thoughts are God's promises from the past, God's promises in the present, and God's promises for the future. So what is this promise from the past? Well, let's consider once again the promise of God to Israel in bringing them to the land of promise, a land flowing with milk and honey. I was with the seniors last Friday and we were talking another aspect uh, of this promise in that uh, uh, they originally came to the land after uh, they were um, uh, freed from the bondage of Egypt, uh, but then many times, years after, many years after, uh, they were taken into captivity out of the promised land, and then they then came back to the promised land after 70 years. So we could see in the life of God's people Israel the plenty of times that God's people came in and out of the promised land. In fact, the, uh, the return uh, from Cap uh, Babylonian captivity, uh, what is not mentioned in the scripture is that not every Jew came back to the land of promise. They got comfortable in the land of Babylon. Uh, there were three returns. Uh, none, it's not that they were all so keen to go back. Uh, to the land of promise. But that's uh, for another time. Now we could pick any of the names mentioned here in this chapter uh, and use that person to illustrate this first point. But I chose Joseph because I believe Joseph fully demonstrated faith all throughout his life. Joseph, one of my favorite characters in the scriptures. All his life, we found Joseph to be a man of faith. Uh, and uh, we have a lot to learn from, from this man. We cannot fully say that of Gideon, can we? Because Gideon put out a fleet. Uh, and depending on how you look at that, uh, and, and some, uh, the most obvious is that um, he, he, he couldn't trust uh, God uh, who said to him, uh, go, thou art favored man. Uh, he needed to have a fleece, a confirmation. Um, we couldn't say that of Barak, of course, and of Samson. Oh, Samson. Uh, what, a, what a story uh, Samson is. Not even David with his sin uh, with Bathsheba. Uh, he obviously uh, failed in his faith at some point in time. Uh, and um, Abraham, uh, with his obedience... A marvelous obedience in being ready to offer his son, um, Isaac. Uh, and yet this is the man uh, that had failings as well when he lied about his wife in Egypt. But Joseph, you do not read anything like that. 
You notice? Uh, not that kind throughout scriptures. Uh, here in verse 22 of our text, of course, uh, we, we see here, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Uh, now, turn your Bibles, please, all the way back to Genesis. All the way back to Genesis, please, in chapter 50 towards the end. Um, Genesis chapter 50. And uh, this is obviously related to what we just read. Uh, here, beginning in verse 22. Genesis chapter 50, beginning in verse 22. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph lived an hundred and ten years. Now drop down to verse 24. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And then verse 26, So Joseph died, being an hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Now stay with me, please, as uh, I go through this. We know from Genesis 41, verse 46, that Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh after he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And after that, he was, be, he was made to be a governor of Egypt. Then comes the seven years of uh, plenty, followed by the seven years of famine, some 14 years there. So from Genesis 47, we know his father and the rest of his family came to Egypt uh, on the second year of the seven years of famine. And this means that Joseph by then was 71 years old. And when his family came and joined him in Egypt. Now from Exodus 12 verse 40 to 41, we learn that Israel sojourned Egypt for a total of 430 years. Knowing that Joseph died at 110 years of age with his family joining him in Egypt when he was 71, that means, beloved, his dead body waited 359 years before it reached the promised land of Canaan. Okay? I know that's laborious, but uh, I want to make a point. And, and so you ask, what's the point here, Pastor? The point is, Joseph, even way back then, he believed that God promised he will deliver. So much so that before he died, Genesis 50, 24, we just read, he said to the Israelites, brethren, I die, I will die, and God will surely. <laughs> Don't you like that? God will surely. Can you see the confidence, the faith in what God has said? Faith in the substance things hoped for. Faith in the evidence of things unseen. Uh, surely God will visit you, he said, and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Joseph essentially said, don't leave my bones here. When I die. Don't leave my bones here brothers. How many Israelites? 
I'm not an Egyptian. He would have looked like an Egyptian. He would have dressed like an Egyptian uh, because of the prominent position that uh, he now has because being entrusted uh, by the Pharaoh. But uh, essentially he said, I'm an Israelite. And so don't leave my bones here. And my God promised me a land and a land flowing with milk and honey. And I believe him. Therefore, when I die, don't leave my bones here in Egypt and bring it along. Bring it to the promised land. Wow. What a faithful man. And he knew he... I don't think he was endowed with special power that he could see the future. I believe this is a man who trusted and believed he is God. And so even in his death, he understood that his place is in the land of promise. Oh, what a promise from the past. What a promise from the past. Just very quickly here in chapter 11, the author presented faith as superior, as a better principle compared to the works of the law or the Mosaic or Levitical law. In verse 6, the key verse of the entire chapter, um, Hebrews uh, 11, verse 6, for without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, if anyone, whether you were born in the old or the new, he that cometh unto God must believe that he is. Hmm. And he is a rewarder, uh, Mr. Podotes, a remunerator, a rewarder, a remunerator, a payer to those who would diligently seek him. Beloved, are we seeking God tonight? Perhaps those of you who are watching me or listening to me at some point in this message, maybe it's not tonight and Many, year, many years even after this broadcast, it's impossible for you to please him without faith. You must believe in him. Uh, you uh, believe that he is. And when you diligently seek him, I mean diligently seek him, repenting of your sin, believing him in faith, uh, he will reward you. He will reward you by saving your soul. And you know what? This same Bible tells us that if you do that, he will not cast you out. I'm preaching this message in 2023, and I don't know how long it will stay in the net. But if you happen to get this in your time, I'm saying to you tonight, that it is impossible to believe God unless you put your trust in him. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. Bible says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. Those that seek me early shall find me. And then, of course, the Lord Jesus himself said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Now through faith these elders obtain a good report. 
the author of Hebrews says. That means they were commended for their faith. Uh, in the belief of God's word. That what God said, they believe it to be true. And verse 13, having received the promises, having seen them afar off, uh, they were persuaded of them and embraced these promises. Now today, men would say, seeing is believing. Evidence. Uh, uh, unless I see it, I would not believe it. These ones, however, believing in the unseen, believing on the substance things hoped for, believing in the evidence of things not seen, not blind faith, but biblical faith. But biblical faith. You see, God never wanders away. We are the ones that wander away. Uh, and again, you've heard uh, uh, testimonies about that this, this morning. Um, these people, uh, God's people, uh, uh, the ones that have experienced, uh, heard his audible voice, uh, seen uh, the power of God manifested in the parting of the Red Sea, uh, and indeed the, the, the pillar of cloud and the fire by night, the provision of manna uh, from heaven, uh, and all the, the, the transformation of bitter water into uh, sweet water, uh, and water coming out, gushing is the description there, gushing out of the rock. Uh, these are the people uh, that have seen all of those, uh, and yet they wandered away. Uh, they uh, uh, did not believe God. Truth be told, beloved, many times in our lives we too have wandered away, have we not? And indeed, whilst that's true, and, and by the way, that's uh, before, which is understandable. Uh, we were wandering away before we were saved. We are uh, a sheep without a shepherd. But sadly, even after we were saved, some of us have wandered away. I have. Uh, and the, the wandering, uh, sometimes we're actually in the building, uh, and yet our heart has wandered away from the Lord. The promise of God being found is true. But in order to avail of that promise, uh, to make that promise effective, so to speak, the Jewish believers and us by application here, we must first believe that he is. That he is what? That he is God. God's promises to us in the present are so, so many. One article that I have read, there are apparently some 7,000 promises in the entire scriptures. 7,000. But tonight, I just want to highlight some of the things that perhaps are so familiar to us that we forget their meaning sometimes. He promised that we are a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away. All things have become new. He promised that there is therefore no, no condemnation uh, to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
uh, Romans 8.1. The first one is 2 Corinthians 5.17, just in case you're taking notes. He promises the indwelling, abiding, and the leading, and the sealing of the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption, John 14. He promised that if we ask anything in his name, he will do it. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son, still in John 14, that the prayer, another promise, of a righteous man availeth much, James 5, verse 16, and that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That's the promise. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. These are all a promise in the present. He promised that if we lack wisdom, we are to ask him, and he give it to us liberally, and upbraideth not. James chapter 1, verse 5. He promised to cast our cares to him. We can cast our cares to him, for he careth for us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He promised to supply all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, verse 19. He promised to chasten us. Oh, we don't like that promise. To scourge us when we do wrong. But why, beloved? Because he loves us. Isn't that what he said? He loves us as we are his sons. For whom he loveth, he chasteneth us. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 6 to 8. He promised us His grace in our time of weakness and suffering. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for thee in times of our suffering and indeed in times uh, of our weakness. He promised us not to fear, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, uh, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And here's another one that we are all familiar with. That though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Um, Psalm 23, uh, of course. Oh, beloved... I could go on, and the night is not enough for us uh, to write the many promises of God to us. He's a God that never breaks any of those promises. Uh, what God has promised to us at this present time. I'm going to close with this. Not only is there a promise from the past, a promise in the present, and lastly, as we uh, indeed finish our worship day, there is also the promise his promise that he will not break the promise for the future. Verse 13. Uh, These all died in faith, not having received the promise. In verse 39, um, we uh, read there, <clears throat> And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Well, hang on, Pastor. You just said that the Lord delivers on what He promised. Well, how, how do we explain this? 
here says that they did not receive the promise. Now what does this mean? Didn't Israel made it to the promised land? They did. So why is the author of Hebrews saying that? Um, didn't they cross the river Jordan with Joshua as their new leader? Didn't the walls of Jericho fall down? Uh, fell down uh, uh, and they captured the city and, and indeed possessed the land? It's documented in the scripture. So what does this verse mean? Well, it's not that they did not receive the promise of the land of Canaan. Uh, for clearly God made a covenant to Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, and God never breaks his promises. We keep on saying that. As I mentioned earlier, while Joseph did not make it there alive, his bones made it. Okay? Moses, because of striking the rock rather than speaking to the rock, he saw it, but he never set foot uh, on it. Um, but uh, God, who covenanted with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the same God who used Moses to lead Israel out of Egypt uh, and into the promised land. We know that. And, and I, I say it again, it's not that they did not receive the promises of deliverance. It's not that they did not receive the promises of victory. It's not that they did not receive the promises of blessings after they entered the land because Joshua, the judges, and others clearly experienced the many promises that God gave them. It's talking of a different promise. Okay? So it's not even that they did not receive the promise of eternal life because they all did. At least those that believe uh, in him. Uh, beloved, this is important. Don't miss this. Throughout the ages, faith was and is the controlling power that enabled and enables men to walk with God and have victory over sin and any corrupting influence of their times, whether they live in the Old and in the New Testament. Faith. Okay? Very important to note. Faith is what God uh, encourages us to have. Okay? Uh, in fact, even at the Bema, when we are going to be judged, the commendation will always be, well done, the good and faithful servant. If you think about it, that's really all that, ask, that God asks us to do. Faith in him. And how many times it is so easy for us not to believe in him. Henry Allen Ironside, um, a Bible teacher, one of my favorite reads, uh, teacher, author, pastor, from 1876 to 1951, said, and I quote, It is important to remember that God has never had two ways of saving men. It's important to know that God has not two ways of saving men, only one. 
okay? It has always been true that faith in God's word, whatever that word may have been, has alone justified man before him, and through that word, men have been saved in all ages. How man got saved in the old, and the same way that they are saved in the new, is all the same, and it's faith. Even though there are different dispensations of time, okay, another theological word, but don't worry about it. It's a, a group of time. It was faith then, and it's still faith even now. Okay. So what this verse means is that these ones, these heroes of the faith, as we call them, uh, as uh, them that obtain a good report, these ones that died having not received the promise, they had the promise all right. The promised Messiah. But they had not received that promise in the flesh. That's what we're talking about here. The incarnate, the in the flesh Christ, the God-man, born of a virgin in a manger, they did not receive. It wasn't the fullness of time yet for them. Galatians 4, 4. Okay. They received the promise of the coming Messiah, but in their lifetime, they did not see him manifested in the flesh as God's people saw him in the new or in the Gospels. They saw the Lord afar off, by faith. They believed in him. Rejoice in the expectation of his coming. And here in verse 24. By faith Moses when he was come to years. Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. This does not mean that the Jewish believers. Uh, to which this letter was addressed. Had a better state of the church. In that they were free from suffering. Reproach. And persecutions. Because they were. The word better uh, in, in here is that they had Christ in the promise. We had him uh, in himself uh, that was promised through the Holy Spirit indwelling us. Okay. They had him in the type. They had him in the shadow. This is what we're looking at on Wednesday nights. We have him in reality and truth through his word. Uh, they believe in and were saved by Christ who was to come. We believe in him and are saved by him as having come. Uh, hence our case is much better than theirs. We have a better covenant. We have a better administration of that covenant of grace. We have a better priesthood, a better sacrifice, no longer of, of, of the blood of, uh, of bullocks and goats, but by the blood of Christ. The gospel is preached and taught in a better manner, more clearly and fully, because we have the whole canon of scriptures. Here it is. They didn't have it in their time. But you see, beloved, um, uh, 
You see, beloved, we might have this better and superior uh, covenant and not the covenant of the law of Moses, but in the covenant of Christ's mercy and grace. But, beloved, both of us, those that live in the old and, and those of us that live uh, in the comfort and the promise of the new and indeed for the future, the promise of resurrection is the same. I would not have you to be ignorant, the Bible says, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which all asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which also are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, uh, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort ye one another with these words. We'll get through that, and I'll explain that in detail when we get to it in our Sunday morning series, First Thessalonians 4, of course. Behold, I show you a mystery. First Corinthians 15, I'm going. We shall not all asleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. First Corinthians 15, 51 to 52. Now, beloved, that is the promise of the future. And for the future, the future for those that us. Uh, for all, well, for those of us in the here and now, and uh, I don't know about you, part of my prayer, even so, come Lord Jesus, if you would be most gracious, be it in our generation. Now, I'm not trying to say that he will come uh, in this, our generation, but that's my prayer. And if he doesn't, and he has all the sovereign will and justice uh, to decide on his own uh, what we're doing in the here and now. Our little ones will find us faithful. That in the day that he will come, we're already dead. But beloved, we shall rise first in that case. And if he does come in our generation, we're still alive. It would be nice to see him. No matter what happens here, with all the woke and the leftist agenda, the cost of living pressures. My wife tells me that uh, to fill up tonight is something like $2 plus per liter of petrol. Cost of living, the threat to the practice of our faith and all that is yet to be manifested. I shared with the seniors last Friday a bill that is now being debated, debated 
the disinformation and misinformation bill. This is a very dangerous bill. Brother Mario of Metropolitan Baptist uh, sent a, an email to uh, national to all the pastors and um, uh, I'm praying and considering uh, what to do with that material because it's a, a request for signage in a petition. Have you caught up in this? The disinformation and misinformation bill, and I know I'm being broadcast, uh, it basically says that if the government authority that is charged to do this has deemed uh, the information that I'm preaching and whoever is behind this pulpit is teaching is deemed as misinformation or disinformation, they have all the right to cut it off. The government and the authority of the day are now the custodians of the truth and no longer the scriptures. And that's why it is a dangerous bill if it gets up and if it passes. Because what I say as your pastor... What Branco says as uh, your deacon and your Sunday school teacher, if it is deemed as misinformation, and you understand that, someone can just remove your post, your tweet. Uh, we have instances where we have some broadcasts and it was taken down because it was deemed um, inappropriate. So to say things that if you're a sinner and you haven't been saved, you will go to hell, and that's now deemed as misinformation or disinformation uh, will be cut off. The materials that uh, we distribute, uh, even now I'm already receiving uh, comments and feedbacks about those gospel tracts. And if they're deemed as misinformation, guess what? Mr. Malari, can you please turn up on such and such a place and Tell us why you are propagating misinformation. Be encouraged, beloved. Our Savior is faithful and true. And he will see us through. And again, the best is yet to come. God gave his people promises in the past some already accomplished, and yet even more to be fulfilled. He has given us promises in the present, and we are currently enjoying the benefits uh, and from those of the promises today. But God has got another promise for all of us. And that promise, of course, is in the future. And if that promise occurs tonight, are you ready to face your creator. Are you prepared and ready to face him? Oh, I trust that you are. And if indeed it comes and is fulfilled tonight, I'll see you in the air. And hallelujah, what a, what a, what a time that will be for all of us. So Father, thank you again for this night. Thank you, Lord, that in the midst of uh, what we're going through, uh, in the, what you have uh, allowed me to, to read and see and ponder and consider this week uh, about promises, broken promises. Uh, thank you for the comfort that uh, you are a God that never breaks a promise. And oh, I hope and I pray, Lord, that in some small way 
uh, I am able to encourage the brethren to steady the course, to be not weary in well-doing, uh, but, Father, to continuously trust you uh, in faith. For really, that is all that you ask of us, to be faithful in you, the faithful God. So, Father, tonight, as we uh, uh, dismiss ourselves from this place, uh, we pray for your blessings. And uh, indeed, Father, thank you for what was accomplished uh, in, in this place tonight and indeed uh, this morning. And as we go and walk away from this Lord, we uh, are confident in the assurance that whatever you promised, you will deliver. And we saw looking forward uh, to hearing that trump of God to sound. Indeed, Father, that we will see you face to face and we will be with you forever and ever. In the meantime, help us indeed, Father, to uh, uh, number our days to be uh, watchful uh, of the things that are, knowing the things that will be. Uh, indeed, to redeem uh, the time because the days are evil. Thank you for your word. and We ask that uh, we would continue to fall in love with it, that we would open your word every waking moment of our lives and be blessed because of it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.